please make some noise for Jacob the Mad Scientist Strickling. Hey, Jamie. Mr. Strickling. Nice to How see you. Jacob now, mate. Jacob, that feels weird. I, um, so I actually, we, I just chatted to Jacob like 10 minutes ago. I said, you taught me. Do you remember that? And he's like, did I? He <laughs> didn't remember teaching me. It was only for a little bit, but it would have been year nine or 10 science. You it would was. have just started. Year eight. Year eight. So t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about uh, Okay, so I'm a science teacher at Greenpoint Christian College. Probably half the people here like pay my wage. At the end of it, they're going to be going, no, <laughs> what a waste of money. Um, I've got a beautiful wife, I've got two beautiful children and two ugly ones. Um, I've been a teacher now for 20 years, uh, very excited by it, and I still enjoy teaching. Um, and I guess science is my, my main game, and I guess I just like hands-on fun with the kids, because I'm still a bit of a kid myself. Yeah, I can attest to that. You do know how to have fun. As I said earlier, everyone, I remember everyone wanted to have you as their teacher. Um, I saw something on Facebook. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It was about a couple of months ago. Sure, sure. You were on a boat talking yep. to whales yep. or something. So a year and a half ago, I started a, a YouTube channel called Make Science Fun. It's going okay. 6,000 subs, a million views. going all right. Um, just thought I'd throw that in. Um, but anyway, we were going to Japan with some students. And we're going to do a, a video, you know, sort of like a, an Australian video. And I thought, you know, what did, what did the Japanese like? And I'm thinking, whales. So <laughs> we went out in my boat and I made this special underwater device where you stick it in the water and you're like... And, and, and the whales, like, came to the boat. Anyway, we filmed it and that sort of thing. And I had the kids on from school. And when the whale is, like, under the boat blowing bubbles, I'm, like, looking at the kids thinking... You know, life jackets would have been a good idea, Jacob. <laughs> anyway, I, I made an episode, I put it on YouTube, and then I got like this email from this company in the UK saying they liked the video. Could they manage the video? And I'm like, yes. I mean, when you're nothing, something is awesome. So I'm like, yes, do whatever you want with it. Anyway, it turned out to go on Daily Mail and um, 9MSN and Yahoo and that sort of thing. And then they said, do you have any more? So I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll go through my footage. And I found one where I pulled this beachworm out. Anyway, I pulled this beachworm out. I was really excited and I'm jumping around. Anyway, they um, they headlined it, uh, Australian man pulls disgusting worm out of um, beach. Anyway, someone wrote in and goes, like, the only disgusting creature is the guy with the the pair of shorts. (laughs) But anyway, since then, lots of videos have hit this company. And so, yeah, even one today. But anyway. Yeah, really cool. So just between you and me, tell me the truth. Did the, the whale thing really work? Did that... Because that was you making the noise. Yeah, yeah, no, that was like... It was sort of my way to like wait in front of the whales and then they came in and like pretending... Anyway, don't worry about it. <laughs> but they got you your first vid. That's cool. So look, um, I'm going to throw to Jacob. He's, he's going to share. He's going he's to teach us about how to make learning fun. Um, he's going to tell a whole bunch of stories. He was, he was saying before that he can just talk forever. So I'm going to actually flag you down in about 20 minutes. And Sounds we'll actually... Have an opportunity to open up for some questions. Um, so let's uh, hear it for Jacob just as he gets set up. Okay. Jamie, do you want to pass me that chair? All right. So I thought to myself, well, I've got lots of stories. When you've been teaching for 20 years and you try and make things fun, you know, stuff happens. And I thought, well, I'm here with a pack of ladies and there's food involved. What should I talk on? 
calories. Yeah? Anyway, so a few years ago, I was in year 12, uh, teaching year 12 chemistry, and a student brought out a pack of Tic Tacs. And uh, I confiscated them, of course, because I wanted something to eat later on. That's what teachers do. <laughs> anyway, so I had the, had the pack of Tic Tacs, and I glanced down, and I, I saw the, the, the catchphrase, their advertising phrase. Did anyone know what the advertising phrase on a uh, pack of Tic Tacs is? It's a little bit old now. Come on. Very good. It says freshness in less than two calories. Freshness in less than two calories. And like, I'm teaching chemistry, I'm teaching energy, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. We're doing joules and calories and that sort of thing. Then I turned it over, and like all foodstuffs in Australia, they've got the energy ratings in joules. Anyway, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let's just check it out. Let's check out their claim. So one calorie is the amount of energy it takes to change one mil of water through one degree Celsius. Now, this isn't a science lesson, but too bad. Um, so if you have a glass of water, 250 mil, it takes 250 calories to heat it by one degree Celsius. Okay? Anyway, so we tipped out the Tic Tacs, and I counted them all up, and there was like 80 or something like that, and we did the calculations on the board and that sort of thing, and as it turned out, each Tic Tac had 1,980 calories. 1,980 calories, I couldn't believe it. So we did the calculations again, 1,980 calories. So we saw the free call number on there. So okay, all right, let's get the speakerphone out. We're going to call this up. <laughs> we'd done the speakerphone before because we'd sacked some of the students' uh, tutors and that sort of thing. So we got, we're around the speakerphone, we rang them up, Ferrero Rocha. We said, right, we're in chemistry, we've done this calculation, and you guys are lying to us on the box. Now, if you don't send us, like, big boxes of Tic Tacs, we're going to a, stra to a current affair. I didn't really say that, but anyway. <laughs> we explained the problem, and they said, we'll get back to you. So I'm like, cool, get back to us. A few days later, they did get back to us, and this is what they said. In Australia, when the word calorie is spelt with a small c, it refers to one calorie, but in Australia, when you spell the word calorie with a capital C, it refers to a thousand calories. So in actual fact, when this says two calories, it's spelt in capital letters, and so it actually refers to two. Look at that, there's a mouth like, I learned something today, that's right, 2,000 calories per Tic Tac. Who knew that? Did anybody know that? So you've all learned something today. Okay, well that's it, I'm going home. No. All right, so story number one. Okay. A big thing in science, I think, is to encourage questions and to question things. And so, for example, um, I might say to my students, Erigard, odorless protection, right? Odorless protection. You've got to be joking. And it is a joke. You put that on it and it stinks, okay? I mean, it's a, it's a scientific claim that is just wrong. Who remembers the old Jiffy ads? You know, harsh, uh, scrubbing without harsh scratching. Well, Jiffy was the only one that actually scratched things. Did you notice that? So if you do something like wrong, what you do is you sort of do the opposite claim to make it big. Another one was I had, a, I had some beef jerky and it said extra tender. <laughs> extra tender beef jerky. Another one. This one here, a salt water powered car. Salt water powered car? Have they not seen the ocean full of salt? Like, that would be the end of, like, all our energy worries. 
as if. So we talked to these guys as well, and eventually they said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, it's not. But salt water power car. <laughs> a few years ago, there were some students doing this science research project, and they thought, oh, well, let's check the vitamin C content of Ribena. You know that Ribena? You know their, their phrase was four times the vitamin C. So these 14-year-old students did this science project to find out how much vitamin C was in their Ribena. None. No vitamin C. <laughs> anyway, Ribena, the Glaskin class, and they had to pay like $80,000 in fines. They had to take their products off the shelf and that sort of thing. And it was all because some kids just asked some simple questions. So I guess the strategy that I've got for the parents here is when your kids ask questions, number one, don't turn into Dr. Google and like just hit them with all the answers. Okay? They can go to Google themselves now. But also don't say like nothing. So don't, don't give them heaps, don't give them nothing, sort of try and question them a bit more and maybe get them to maybe do something about their question. So get them to do something about their question. They've had the question, get them to do something about their question. So there's a strategy that I use in class. Okay, uh, the next little thing I want to talk about is calcium carbide. Calcium carbide. I've got a beaker of water here and I've got some calcium carbide and this is a, a fairly long story. It's, it's sort of close to my heart, and I, I probably won't get emotional. I probably will, actually, though. Um, so I've got a lump of calcium carbide, and this stuff is responsible for, number one, saving my life, but number two, for almost taking my life. So it's, it's got two claims to fame. There it is. It's bubbling away, and... Um, And look, the gas is flammable. Look at that. The, the, the burning gas is flammable. And this story begins in World War II, when my grandfather was a painter, and to remove the, like, the, the old paint and that sort of thing, he used to, have, used to have a burner. I might choke to death down here. Anyway, I'll put this over here. He used to... No, no smoking, please, around the stage. Um, he used to like, remove paint from walls, and they needed a bit of heat in Holland to do it. And so he had a 44-gallon drum of this calcium carbide, and uh, it was when the invasion from the Nazis happened. They came uh, and took over Holland, and he buried this 44-gallon drum in the garden. Anyway, food was short, and so my father used to take two kilograms of that calcium carbide in a milk can, and he used to walk past the German-like line to a farmer's place, and he used to swap the calcium carbide for milk. And then he used to bring the milk home, and that actually fed the family. And that got them through a time called the hunger winter. And I'm here because of it. So thank you, calcium carbide. But you know that Sour Patch ad? Nice. <laughs> I mean, nasty, then nice. Well, this was nice, then nasty. I was doing a year 10 science class, and we were making some oxygen. So I had glass bottles and hydrogen peroxide and manganese dioxide, and we made oxygen, and it was pretty cool. It relit a glowing splint. Hey? Whose memories are coming back? Oxygen relights a glowing splint. So I had that. Then they walked out, and because, you know, a teacher goes from one thing to another, I put the oxygen to that side. Then year 12 chemistry came in, and we had to do acetylene gas. I thought, I know how to make acetylene gas. Get out the calcium carbide. So I had glassware over here, and we made calcium carbide, and I'm talking acetylene, acetylene, and then I'm going, oxygen, acetylene. 
oh, don't plumbers use like an oxyacetylene torch? And I've got the gear to make one. Let's do it. So I had this glassware and I'm connecting all the wires and all this sort of thing. Anyway, I had the bubbles going and I'm like, tick with the lighter, tick, tick. And I, thankfully, I heard a little voice say, something could go wrong. <laughs> so I moved it all into the fume cupboard, which was a really good move. We put the glass down, but there's this gap. And I had my arm there and I went, tick, tick, cover your ears, boom! And anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at my hand and like there's a big chunk of skin hanging off. There's blood dripping. The students are like, they're all right, thankfully. But I was like, I don't want to do any paperwork. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know. So one of the girls, she'd informed me early, she, when she left school, she wanted to wear a white shirt. Now, I assume that meant she wanted to be a doctor or a nurse or something like that. As it turned out, she actually wanted to be a businesswoman. But <laughs> she, she fixed me up. And so she splintered my fingers and wrapped it up like this and that sort of thing. And I was able to put it in my pocket. And then the rest of the day, I'm like, how are you going, everybody? And I, oh, yeah, my hand's a bit stiff. Um, but it healed, up, it healed up quite well. And uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to... Uh, oh, I'll just get rid of this. So that was a great story. And... Um, I was quite scared after it, and so the next thing I did, the very next day, with that class, we did it safely. So instead of using glass bottles, I used plastic bottles. Instead of using little bits of water and lots of gas, we used a little bit of gas, and we got our oxyacetylene torch. So I sort of conquered that fear and showed the kids that, yes, you can make mistakes, but it's very important to get back on your horse and try again and try and do things safely. So that's my second, thing, uh, I guess, strategy, is to encourage hands-on and don't worry too much if kids burn something a little bit too much or something like that. I mean, fair dinkum, if, if I have one more parent who sends a kid to my Year 7 class who has never lit a match, I'm going to call docs on you, honestly. I think a child by Year 7 should be an expert at lighting matches, OK? So now... <laughs> If you're ever in science and you can't think, you know, your five-step five lesson plan, one, two, five steps to the class has failed you, um, you just say, oh, Bunsen burners out, kids, and it's like, oh, this is the best science lesson ever. And anyway, so Bunsen burners and matches, but you don't have Bunsen burners at home, but everybody's got candles at home, yeah? Everybody's got candles, and you've got instant science experiments at home. You can... In fact, I think it was Sir Isaac Newton, made 100 observations about a burning candle. Now I can get to about 20. Um, you can have some water and you can like drip water in it. You can see the patterns on the bottom. You can drip wax on your fingers and then you pull the, like, the wax caps off and then you fill it up with plaster of Paris, melt the wax, and then you've got like a cast of your finger. There are so many things to do with candles around the house um, to keep your kids in, you know, excited and interested in the school holidays. Go to the kitchen cupboard, open it up. You don't have to go down to Toys R Us. You can get bicarb soda, citric acid out, sugar. You can make sherbet, yeah? You can get your patty pan out. You get your candle. You can get sugar. You can make toffee. The kids can make toffee. You get your balloons out, and you can pop your, pop your balloons, and then you can put some water in them, and you can see that it doesn't pop with water. You can put, you know, oily sticks... Go on YouTube and put balloon fun, science, whatever, and don't just have the kids like 
looking, but have the kids doing. Okay, so that would be my, my uh, another huge strategy. How are we going on time there, um, Jamie? When you say good, I sort of need a time though, you know? <laughs> another 10 minutes, good, two more stories. Um, touch powder, yeah, touch powder. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll go sodium because actually that was in Jamie's year and that actually almost cost me my job. So when I was at school myself in year eight, um, my teacher, Mrs. Rockwell, was doing sodium with um, her year 12 class. Now, sodium is a very reactive metal and its Latin name is natrium and so its symbol is Na. Now, natrium means swimmer because when you put some sodium in water, it swims around the surface. Now, Mrs. Rockwell was showing her year 12 class the sodium swimming around the surface went boom! It exploded and little bits of particle went in Rochelle Rockwell's eyes and they called an ambulance and uh, thankfully they were able to fix her up and all the rest of it. But then, when I became a teacher there a few years later and Mrs. Rockwell was my boss, I knew there was this unwritten law that you couldn't use sodium at that school. Now, <laughs> that was pretty tough on a young bloke like me, not being able to use that stuff. But thankfully, five years later, I got a job at Greenpoint Christian College. And I was there on my second day, and I was like near the science coordinator, and I said, so, um, Mark, what's the school's policy here on uh, sodium? I oh, just go for it. I'm like, I've died and gone to heaven. Anyway, <laughs> so that afternoon, I went into the, the prep room, and I got out a big bucket of water, because I was a bit nervous about this stuff. I put in a little square, and it swam around, then a bigger one, and it swam around. And, then, and I went up to this serious chunk, and nothing happened. So I was a bit put out, but I thought, okay, I can show my year eight class next lesson safely. And I thought to myself, what I'll do is I'll, because I am actually sometimes responsible, I'll only go up to half the size that I tried by myself the night before. Now, I was safe the night before, and I only went up to half the size, and all the class were like, watching around like this. Thankfully, I had glasses on. Anyway, this natrium, it's swimming around. It got stuck on the side. All right, that's all right, I'll just poke it. <laughs> Cover your ears again. <laughs> Boom! Anyway, it went like this. Now, Mrs. Rockwell got stuff in one kid's eye. I had 24 kids all going, Wah! and going like this. Anyway, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, Two weeks, Jacob. <laughs> you lasted at this job two weeks. That's got it. And then, my, of course, my thoughts turned to my students. One ran to the water tap to wash it off. I'm saying, you idiot, that's what caused it in the first place. Anyway, then they're brushing it off, this sort of thing. Everyone was all right. They had their glasses. They sat down. I sort of started breathing a sigh of relief. I, I sort of stood back a bit, and then I looked up at the ceiling. <laughs> it was just covered like this. And so I let the class go, and I'm up there, because the room was next, to, and I didn't want any of my colleagues to know what a duffer I was. <laughs> anyway, I cleaned it all up. Everything was perfect. I walked into the, um, into the faculty, and uh, my coordinator goes, did you sign your name on the ceiling? I said, what do you mean? He said, all the explosions. Whenever we have an explosion and it goes on the ceiling, you've got to sign your name. So I went back in, and there were all these little texture marks of teacher signatures. <laughs> I thought, this, this place truly is heaven. <laughs> now, 
I'm, as, I, as you can see, I'm, a, I'm actually not that keen on explosions. So when kids come to line up, they go, so we're going to do, ex- you know, can we blow up something today? I said, sure, yeah, have a balloon. <laughs> anyway, so, um, what's a strategy out of sodium? Um, sometimes personal protective equipment is important, but you don't have to go over the top. Right? You don't have to always have the big rubber gloves and the big glasses. If it's not going to you know, cause too much damage, I just wear my normal gear. In fact, I try not to like, um, stereotype the typical mad scientist. Um, in fact, so I very rarely wear a lab coat. I very rarely, rarely wear uh, glasses. Because what is that actually saying? That's actually saying I'm expecting to have some bit of explosion or danger. I'm actually hoping not to have it, but... Anyway, my wife's very good at washing my clothes, so thank you, darling, and cooking and all the rest are uh, with the serving today, so thank you. Um, touch powder. I was at church um, when I was about 14, and an uh, irresponsible high schooler came and said, oh, Jacob, have you ever made touch powder before? I said, what is that? He goes, well, you add... There's no kids here. You add ammonia, and you add iodine, and you mix it up, and you, you um, put it on a dish, and you let it dry... And then when you touch it with a feather or something like that, it explodes. I said, I'll give it a go. So I went to school and I asked my teacher, um, can we make touch powder, miss? They didn't have the internet back then, so she couldn't really research it. And uh, she said, go for it. So we got the ammonia, we got the iodine, and we made this stuff. And there was eight of us all standing around this glass thing, and we went, tick, tick, tick. And you know what happens next? Boom, again. And (laughs) there wasn't a lot of glass, but... The teacher was nearby and she remembered that story because when I was there 10 years later teaching, I said, Mrs. Rockwell, I want to make touch powder with year 10. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Anyway, a week later I said, see that year 10 class is a mature bunch? Yeah, they are. Think we could make touch powder? Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) A week later, they did so well in their tests, I want to reward them with something. Do you think we could make touch powder? Uh, Okay, but I... Only small quantities. Only small quantities. Now, the problem is she should have been specific. (laughs) She was thinking rice grain amounts. I was thinking tablespoon amounts, right? So her small was totally different to my small. So at the beginning of the lesson, we got spoonfuls of this um, iodine out, and they added the, the ammonia, and they set it up all around the room, And then um, we were going to sit down and have a half-hour lesson while it dried. But as soon as we sat down, we heard this little crack. And then another little crack. And another crack. And the kids are getting edgy. And they got out of their seats. And they're like, hit it with a wall. Bang! And then bang! Now, this stuff is quite miraculous. Because it starts in one pile. And then it explodes into like ten piles. Right? But each one of those piles is still explosive. Now, do your maths. You go one to ten to a hundred to a thousand. Within minutes, I kid you not, within minutes, I had kids with their shoes off, running around the room, banging it. The room was purple smoke, yellow iodine. Iodine, yeah, the mercurochrome all over the room. Totally out of control. I admit it, I admit it. Totally out of control. And Mrs. Rockwell walked in. She just said, I'm in here with year 12 chemistry next lesson. This better be cleaner. So, run and got the roll of truck swipe. The roll. And the masking tape. And we strapped truck swipes on all four. The 
30 kids going around like this around the room. I kid you not. Rinsing it in the sink like this for like half an hour. Rinsing it in the sink. Half an hour. Rinsing it in the sink. The bell went and she came in quickly because she wanted to catch me out, you know. The room was perfect. So I went and taught my year 11 physics class. I was in there for about 15 minutes. And she came in and said, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. She actually gave me a wooden spoon when I was a kid for uh, throwing a piece of liver out the window. Jacob, she said, what did you do with the touch powder stuff? I said, we rinsed down the sink. Anyway, this is a second story building and like all the plumbing was on the ceiling of the bottom classrooms, right? And it was exploding in the pipes. It was a story that just kept on getting bad all the time. Oh. So when your kid says, can we do touch powder, say, how about we make sherbet instead today? <laughs> all right? Much more fun. Okay, Jamie. Just before we throw to questions, I have a quick one. Sure. Um, you said before you heard that little voice in your head say something could go wrong. Does that yes. often happen? Oh, look, since you... I, I, I want to tell a quick story. Okay. And, and it's about Pooh Girl. And it's, it's a serious story. At my last school, Covenant... It's a, very, it's a heartwarming... True, this is a true story. We had, at my last school, we had a biocycle. The world's biggest biocycle. That's the septic system where all the, everything goes in. Thousand kids goes in. Anyway, we had... Her name wasn't Pooh Girl at the time. <laughs> she was standing on tank number, number one. Now... Tank number one is not just where number ones go, where number twos go as well. She was standing on this tank on the fiberglass lid. As the, as the and he will testify this, he was my uncle, as he was driving, the, the green team member, the maintenance member, he was driving out of the school and he heard a voice say, turn around. That was his, te- that's his testimony. He heard a voice, turn around. So he turned his car around and he drove down to the bottom. As he was driving down to the bottom, he saw this girl disappear through the fiberglass lid and she sunk out of sight. He ran over, he reached his hand down and he pulled Pooh Girl out <laughs> by the hair. They called an ambulance because of all the... <laughs> I'd call an ambulance too. Anyway, they shouted. Anyway, the most heartwarming thing was, you know what her parents did? They paid the school to put galvanised grates on each one of those tanks, you know? That's, to me, you know, Christian education, Christian school. They didn't think about suing the school. They paid a school which couldn't afford it to fix that tank up. What a story. That's cool. So I think Michelle's out there with the mic. So if you have a question, we'll throw to Jacob and and he'll have a crack at answering those questions. Yeah. Now, I'm feeling pretty loose. Just remember... I'm a science teacher who teaches children. You can ask those hard questions about reports and that sort of thing. Now's the time. I can't see any of my bosses here. So, and I'm feeling like I can talk freely. It won't get out. So ask the questions that you've always wanted to ask your teachers. Here we go. Tammy. Hey, it's Jacob. Um... We have boys, yes, and quite a few of my friends have had boys. Yes, but they're still very young. Yes, 
Adam wants to know, he yep. can't be here today, when is too young to start and what should you start with? Yep. So probably not explosions, <laughs> but I think certainly things like water and sand and things like water balloons, things like playing in the bath with displacement, you know, like pouring liquids from one container to the other container, um, splashing water, blowing on balls, anything to do with forces, pushing, pulling, floating, buoyancy, all that sort of stuff is learning science. So you can do science in the bathtub all the time, all the time. Good question. Yeah, good question. Oh, no questions. So when I write good on a report, what does the good actually mean? Means okay. <laughs> when I write thorough, does it mean that means good? All right. <laughs> when I write excellent, your kid's doing very good. Okay, excellent is good. I got a question. I um, I dig I dig candles, and I just remember like candles by Carolite just doing the. Can you can you share some more fun stuff to do with young kids? in a safe way with candles? Um, safe. <laughs> um, young kids, so you're... Look, even just lighting a candle and dripping a candle, that's safe. And I think dripping them into water is really cool. Um, in fact, I had a kitchen bench at home when I was young and when, my, um, when the dinner was being cooked, I was allowed to get out my science kit and I put paper down on the desk and I had candles and I had, like baked bean cans and that sort of thing. And so I'd have a, like a, yesterday I had this filled up with um, candle wax and it had gone solid and so I was melting it and that sort of thing. And uh, I remember one time, I'd been there for about five or six minutes, and my dad came home and he was leaning over the bench and going, oh, what are you doing there, son? And just as he leaned over the bench, well, this didn't look like it was melted, but the whole thing, there was just like a layer of solid layer on top and the, the heated wax had ex was expanding. Anyway, just, what are you doing there, son? And it burst. It burst out and it shot him in the eye. It was like, phew. Anyway, he was all right because, you know, it cooled down quite a lot and he needed to toughen up a bit anyway, I reckon. <laughs> he was still upset at me for, um, I turned his, like, prize Western Red Cedar that he'd had stashed for 30 years. I turned into this billy cart and he wasn't happy with me at all. But he, look, he encouraged, I, I don't actually remember encouragement, but I don't remember discouragement. In fact, in his garage, he let me build this giant airship, like a Zeppelin, and it was there for months. And I think to myself now, would I let my kids take up my workshop for months? No, no. <laughs> uh, hi, one. Jacob. Um, my 12-year-old son loves explosions, and I'm just wondering what safely we can do, like, for his birthday list. He, he said, can I pop a balloon. and lump of sodium. Okay, yeah. I, I will talk to it for a moment because when I grew up, yes, fireworks were available and we used to wrap them up and we used to have lots of explosions. Um, stay away from petrol. Stay away from methylated spirits. Me the most dangerous chemical in the school, the, the chemical that has caused the most um, accidents in schools is methylated spirits. So stay away from that. Try and encourage smaller explosions. So the, the, one of the safest ones are things like where things can pop off. So for example, the old um, camera uh, where you put your film in, a film container, 
with a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of baking soda, if you push that on, that will explode off. Now, when you can have something exploding off, that's safe. And using vinegar and bicarb soda is safe. But the funny thing is, as I grew up, I was experienced with blowing things up. And so it was interesting because when I was teaching, I'd see some other colleagues and they were doing things. What are you doing? Have you, don't you have any idea? Not really. You're about to blow everything up, you know? Because they had no experience of blowing things up. And so when they first started trying, you know, gases and this sort of thing, I could see from experience that this was not going to go well at all. So anyway, um, as I said, I'm actually scared of explosions now, so I actually do very, very few at school or at home on my YouTube channel. So I think there's enough fun to be had without explosions. But good question. Cool. I think we've got another one at the back. Yeah, Jacob, up the back here. Um, so when I was very young, I was curious about everything, as an eight-year-old boy always is. So I would ask my dad, how does this work? How does that work? How do aeroplanes work? How do trains work? Why is the sky blue? Yeah. And so I was, I was curious even about the like the smallest things, like why does water freeze into ice? Yep. Um, fortunately, my oldest brother answered a lot of those questions, yep. but some things like even why the sky is blue, um, a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or someone in that age group won't really be able to understand all the scientific jargon, all the... I, I to, you know, uh, a lot of the questions that I asked, you couldn't um, explain or demonstrate in the household with the everyday objects. Yep. So how could you explain things, you know, to a child yeah. that they want answered? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. How do you explain things that they want answered but they're actually not capable of understanding it at that time? I, I, I don't. I don't explain that much. And in fact, Year 12 Physics, um, you know, my kids will ask some questions. I'll say, you've just moved beyond me, you know? If you want answers to that now, you've got to go, you've got to find them yourself. Um, I think you have to deal with children at the level they're, they're at with concrete things. So if you're talking about why the sky is blue, I'd just be doing some colouring in and at least start investigating colours, you know? Red, green, blue, yellow, and maybe start mixing some colours and seeing what happens when colours are put together to get white and then maybe... You know, not fully explaining it, but giving them a start. And at school, we've got a spiralling curriculum, starting like this, and we come back on things. And so you start with simple electricity, you come back to electricity, and then you come back to electricity again, but each time they pick up a little bit more as they spiral up this curriculum. So don't worry if you can't explain everything. And the kid probably doesn't actually want it fully explained. They want to explore it, and they want just to, you know, experience it not have it explained. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make some noise for Jacob Strickling.